1: Welcome back in. You're listening to the November 23rd, 2017 edition of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, brought to you by MyBookie. We are the Road of his podcast dedicated to answering all of your fantasy football questions. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart, at Fantasy Gumshoe. We are releasing this show in time for all you turkey gobblers out there to get all your Thanksgiving action and slate QQs answered. So be sure to look at the notes for when that particular conversation actually starts in this show. Joining me today on the show is the co-host of the Overtime Ireland NFL podcast, a contributor here at the Viz and the assistant executive producer behind the curtain, if you will, helping the road of his radio engine to s- run smooth like butter. Welcome to the show, Colm Kelly. You can find him on the tweets at Overtime Ireland. It's great to have you on the Mailbag show, Colm. Man, I, I have
0: love a good deal. Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine. Polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.
1: To ask here, uh, you're going to have to walk me through how one becomes a supporter of Arsenal and then also finds his way into Packer Nation supporting that other team that happens to be just above me on the map.
2: Yeah, well, uh, obviously, first, uh, Jeremy, thanks for uh, having me aboard the show here. But uh, when we're looking at my uh, sports fandom, uh, uh, my father supports Arsenal. So obviously, my father was born a long time before I was born. And (laughs) with that, uh, I had a very limited choice in who, who I supported grew up and uh, it just morphed into that and uh, that's just uh, one of those things you grow up uh, as a team supporter and just there's no real uh, selection process on, on that side uh, the reason for being part of packer nation is uh, my my county that i live in in ireland is uh, called donegal and our uh, county colors are green and gold so very similar with the colors that caught my eye and then of course i said i support arsenal uh, at the time Arsenal's uh, club structure was very very similar to what the Packers is with the fan kind of own model so I was attracted to that and then just uh, over time watching the NFL kind of just grew to love them and uh, kind of the rest was history and uh, all the way that uh, I have a dog now his name is Packer so uh, I kind of <laughs> I'm well and truly really stuck at this point so it's it's uh, it's, it's been a fun ride as uh, both an Arsenal fan and a Packers fan and they're both very similar in another way they, they kind of tend to be Probably in the top six teams in the league at all points in time, but they just uh, struggle sometimes over over the last kind of fifteen years to to really make it all the way and uh, win the big one.
1: I feel like on this show comb we're almost like the yin and yang together because like I you know <laughs> my old man grew up a White Sox fan right like my life would be much easier as a Cubs fan living in the Chicagoland area but unfortunately I'm not right and I've also yeah. grown an affinity to to Chelsea I don't know why you know they just oh. pissed me off more yeah you know, I knew that was coming right but so that's my team so then we've got Chelsea versus Arsenal and then of course the Packers versus the Bears but I feel like yeah. more often than not you're always going to come out on top.
2: Yeah, well, uh, there's a lot of similarities between us, uh, but we'll just say we we don't uh, agree in terms of uh, who we follow in sports. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we may not agree on who we follow in sports, but we're certainly going to be in agreement on answering all these questions for the week regarding dynasty trades, player outlooks, redraft takes, start sits, DFS hits, you know the drill. But before we do uh, dive right in here, Colm, little do most Americans know we actually have the Irish to thank, and of course you're across the pond over in Ireland here, for yeah. our traditional Thanksgiving holiday, as it was was early settlers from the ship called the Lion that were truly the first to come chalk full of spirits and good eats and give thanks to God and family. In fact, it wasn't for another almost 200 years that uh, Honest Abe, we'll call him, finally uh, legitimatized the holiday, at which point the narrative was built of Native Americans and pilgrims breaking bread together instead of stealing acres upon acres of land, killing one another along the (laughs) way in the name of good fortune and also known as money and railroads interconnectivity to the West, while occasionally running into a bad head scalp along the way, Calm. So, uh, whew, I've said a lot and a little there, but I'm, I'm really de- derailing this podcast. See what I did there right from the get-go. So, I guess what I really mean to say, Calm, is, you know, when we see an Irishman this Thanksgiving, we should be giving thanks to him as well.
2: Yeah, well, uh, I guess I'll take, uh, you know, anywhere you want to give me thanks and uh, praise, uh, I'll kind of take that on my stride. I, I like a bit of, uh, of- things to kind of boost my ego but when we look at it uh, you know I the main reason I wanted to come on the podcast today was to get those fiery history hot takes and uh, you know (laughs) I'd like to know some kind of useful or useless rather uh, factoids that I can tell people uh, in my spare time and I think I want to just slot this away and uh, use it in future reference anytime I talk to uh, any Americans regarding Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's our job to put you up on a pedestal here. Now, if, if we were to start a hypothetical Thanksgiving holiday in Ireland, because you deserve one, quite frankly, and as surprising as it sounds, I, I just can't believe it's not actually there. So what would the true story be behind an Ir- Ir- uh, Ireland, an Irish Thanksgiving? And what would the uh, narrative be that gets built around it?
2: And um, when, you know, we, we have St. Patrick's Day here. I know you've kind of stolen that in the States too. It's something that you kind of tend to do with these holidays of ours, but it's it's not really, it's a it's a national holiday, but not in the same way as Thanksgiving, where you get, you don't really get your family around the table uh, on St. Patrick's Day because there's a good chance they're all going to get drunk and we'll end up having a big fight. Uh, but at the, <laughs> when we're looking at Thanksgiving, I, I, I do really enjoy Thanksgiving as a holiday, not just because, um, you know, I, I watch American football. Obviously you get the tree games, which is a huge bonus. But when we look through it, It is good to give thanks for uh, what you have in your life and I think Irish people tend to sometimes be a little bit begrudging. Uh, we don't tend to thank people enough for what has happened. We always like to complain. The weather's bad here at all times. So I think it'll be very good to have a, another tradition. Christmas is our Thanksgiving. It'll be nice to have another time where uh, the thing I like with Thanksgiving too, the presents are taken out of it. It's just uh, you know you're there to be thankful, spend time with your family and friends. So it, it's a it's a nice holiday. So for all the Americans out there, obviously the people listening to the podcast here today, uh, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving over the, over the coming days.
1: Yeah, we really appreciate it. Now, now, Colm, you mentioned watching American football. Now, I know as an aside, you've actually played American football as well and have a deep appreciation for the X's and O's of the game behind uh, being a player yourself. So how do you balance the chalkboard aspects of the game with the analytics that are enhancing the game? And is there a growing sentiment across the pond in appreciation for analytics as
2: well? Yeah, you mentioned playing the game. Obviously, uh, a lot of people won't know, but uh, actually, if you listen to a lot of our listeners here on this show, will have listened to the Fantasyland series, and they actually done a, a kind of spotlight on one of the teams here in Ireland that play American football. So quite a big league here of uh, people, obviously amateurs like myself that play on a on a Sunday, full padded uh, contact and uh, a very very physical aspect. Obviously, of the game you get a deep appreciation as well as the X knows a deep appreciation for the contact of the guys in the NFL, which really because if you think of a guy just uh, playing off the street here, can hit you with that force. Uh, shudder to think when those guys are getting crunched in the nfl as to the pain that goes through their bodies when we're talking about the, the analytics side of it i'm very interested in europe as the the growth has uh, grown particularly in soccer we mentioned arsenal and chelsea a lot of the the premier league soccer teams are taking in the analytics side whether it is for the the sprints run in a game for trying to keep the players as healthy as possible coming back from injuries playing keeping them from getting injured so it's growing into all sports throughout europe and i've really noticed that over the last kind of year to two years it's obviously a lot still a long way behind what we see in the nfl but obviously when we're looking at it from analytics we're looking at it for fantasy football but uh, i just think analytics is something that you know it was kind of people think uh, maybe five ten years ago all the geeks are looking at the analytics oh they're they're typing away on their keyboards but i think now mm-hmm. it's uh, grow it's growing more and more into the mainstream and i think when we look back you know in another 10 years or 15 years it's just going to be the norm it's just going to be what everyone does and uh, hopefully uh, we can be at before front of that <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you and you mentioned football uh, across across the way, right? And some of the the stats, you know, I've I've been playing you know soccer DFS for instance, and for a while there, it was tedious to try to figure out who's taking the crosses, who's taking the yeah. set pieces, <laughs> and and so now you know we're starting to get a couple sites out there like RotoWire does a phenomenal job of aggregating a lot of those stats. Uh, Pro Football Reference, we all know Pro Football Reference, they're on their way uh, to to building up their soccer content as well. Uh, it still isn't out there yet, but we're waiting for it. Uh, but we talk about you know, all these websites moving toward analytics. Uh, we're already here at Rotaviz.com because, hey, quite frankly, this is what we do. And right now, uh, head on over to the site, you get a 30% discount to take a look at all the analytics and the research and the analysis, all the great tools and the applications that we have on the site. And again, all you have to do is click on the podcast homepage, and from there you can get to your 30% discount, and that's for all of the premium NFL content. And along the way, if you could do us a solid support the show, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes if you're not and make sure you give us a rating over there as well. And if you have any questions that you want answered on the show, email us, wordofisradio at gmail.com, and we'll go ahead and get those answered for you as well. All right, Colm, you know the drill. Let's get it. And we're kicking things off uh, for the surprisingly big weekend slate first. So uh, folks out there, if you want to hear about the turkey slate, gobble, gobble first, go ahead and hit that fast forward button. All right, rest of season, Colm. I am somehow blessed, tongue in cheek, with both Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray and seemingly starting the wrong running back each week. Do I just start Murray because the work loan seems to be split and he also has the uh, the touchdown and goal line? carries there, or do I continue to try to judge the game flow here?
2: Yeah, first of all, for anyone that has fast-forwarded, we need them to rewind back and to listen to this part because actually the Vikings are playing on that Thursday slate. But anyway, moving on to uh, the rest of the season outlook of it, we have uh, Jerry McKinnon uh, and Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray, obviously somebody who was with the Raiders last year and was very touchdown-dependent, and it's proven to be the same this year again. But he is getting some yards behind that offensive line, and uh, I think we're going to look at it from a week-to-week basis. I had Scott Fish on the uh, OTI podcast this week, and he's a big Minnesota Vikings fan. He talked about it, he dived into it a little bit deeper, and he was talking talking about that uh, last week really set up to be a Latavius Murray game to get those short yardage touchdowns uh, and with that if if it's a close game a tight game I think we're going to see more Latavius Murray moving the chains getting the opportunities inside the red zone and I think we're going to see Jarek McKinnon then more so if the team is behind or if they're in catch-up mode but I think it's going to be a 50-50 split or probably 60-40 in favor of Jarek McKinnon as the season goes on he's still the guy who's going to get the work but the the thing for him is a little bit like uh, we've seen a few years ago with Matt Asiata when he was getting the opportunities inside the red zone. You know that they they prefer that big back in that situation. I think that's where Latavius Murray is going to have that kind of goal line vulture all away from Jarek McKinnon. If we could just have Jarek McKinnon and no Latavius Murray I think he's probably an RB1 the rest of the way but because of that they're split I think he's probably going to fall into that RB2 range but I think the workload will be there I think this team's gonna be good enough to have the lead in a lot of games as we uh, move forward here in the season so McKinnon out of the two is the one I'd want to own but Latavius Murray is the guy I think he'll probably finish uh, with the most top touchdowns out of the two
1: Yep. Agree across the board. All right. Next up, we've got redraft. Can I expect Robert Woods' workload from Cooper Cup for a few weeks here? And can I start him over T.Y. Hilton this week?
2: I think, uh, you know, I've been on Robert Woods over the last kind of five or six weeks. Uh, You know, it took a lot of people a lot of time to catch up to what he was producing Mm -hmm. over that time. He's had a really nice run here, but obviously has the the injury. He's going to miss a couple of weeks. And uh, Cooper Cup has uh, shown you know the start of the season he looked quite good and he's had he's got the targets. say the fumble last week obviously uh, and it, that kind of slowed him down but I think if we're looking at the situation if you're looking at T.Y. Hilton or Cooper Cup for this week I think we're we're definitely going to my opinion on the T.Y. Hilton uh, boat on this one I think he has a perfect matchup this week against uh, the Titans the Titans have really struggled against the pass all season long uh, Jacoby Percet has shown that he is serviceable uh, at the moment and with him you're only really looking at Jack Doyle and T.Y. Hilton but Hilton is going to be a target monster this week i expect a, a big big week i think he's going to certainly finish as an rb1 and there's a possible or a, a wr1 sorry and there's a possibility that he could finish as the the number one overall this week i just think that that matchup is just so so good cooper cup i think you're looking for you know in ppr leagues you're going to get those receptions but i think Hilton is obviously going to get those as well so overall i think uh the, the upside of Hilton is just uh makes this one a simple for me uh, ty all the way yeah,
1: I have to agree with you there 100% as well. It definitely is promising for Cooper Cup. I mean, he has had the red zone look. They just haven't yeah. necessarily converted there. So I think, you know, I don't think he's going to be full force Robert Woods here. I think it's just going to kind of shave across the board for that offense in general there. But, uh yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm with you there. I was also on Robert Woods here for the last month or so, and I guess we're just yeah, not nice. allowed to have nice things.
2: That's- <laughs> yeah exactly 100 if we if we have anything nice we had a, a little bit of chris thompson going there too unfortunately no more chris thompson for us uh, people who like nice things
1: oh gosh you know yeah oh gosh i, I
2: forgot about thompson too i mean mm-hmm. I talked about this with uh, Scott on the podcast this past week too. Just, he, he I talked about, asked him, was it, we were talking about what we were thankful for and what we weren't thankful for in the season so far. He mentioned uh, the uh, Odell Beckham injury and I was like, oh yeah, Odell Beckham got injured. You nearly forget it's like five weeks ago. There's so many injuries since it just all just slips through your mind.
1: Yeah, this whole year has just been an absolute frickin' train wreck here. Well, hopefully this weekend slate won't be, because the next question is for DFS. Am I biting the bullet with either uh, Tom Brady or Russell Wilson this week on DraftKings, taking some savings with Marcus Mariota, or hoping Cutler doesn't play so I can actually use Matt Moore? I know it sounds awful, but 13 points, 14 points from Mitch Trubisky doesn't entirely suck at only 4.4K versus Philadelphia when they're playing catch-up, does it? I know I need to save this week with the high-priced running backs on to roster on the slate. So a lot going on here on this question Colm. if uh, you had yep. a chance to take a look at overall construction here on dK
2: yeah I've uh, been looking into you know over the last couple of days I was looking up last weekend uh, for I entered into one of the, the Thursday to Monday night uh, competitions to get into the, you know, they're having the big 75th uh, millie Maker this week. So I, I was lucky enough to a, a ticket to get into that. So heading over on there, and I've already been kind of looking through the roster construction. And you mentioned Brady or, or Wilson, and uh, it's interesting actually the, the podcast this week, the Fantasy Beat podcast, I'm previewing that 49ers game against the Seahawks. And with that, I think this is a lot tougher matchup for Seattle than people expect expecting. That offensive line is absolute trash, maybe the worst offensive line in the league and we talked about if this team didn't have Russell Wilson they probably would be down there with the Cleveland Browns and the 49ers that is how bad this uh, team kind of is in general Russell Wilson's just pretty much a miracle worker at this point in time you're getting those rushing yards at 98 uh, rushing yards I think it was in a touchdown last week and he's putting it up through the air as well but You know, I think Brady's going to be in a lot of teams this week. Wilson just looks like that easy play. You know, they're playing the 49ers. The 49ers have won one game. Let's go and get that. It's an easy pickup. But that's just not the way I'm looking at going this week. I'm kind of trying to fade the Seattle Seahawks this week as we move forward here. And Mariota... Did have a, a tough game against the sea uh, against the Steelers uh, on Thursday night football last week, but he did also finish that game I think with 16 fantasy points. He had uh, that rushing touchdown saved his day, the big touchdown as well to Rashid Matthews that 75 yard touchdown to start the the second half. So there is uh, positives there. I think obviously people look at games like that. You know, Mario played bad uh, on prime time, four turnovers in that game. People look at that and say, no, I don't want Mario in my lineups this week. And I think that means that he's going to have a low ownership. He played against the Steelers. People. We're talking about three or four weeks ago is how good they were, but people aren't talking as much about it now. They're one of the best uh, defenses in the league, so a tough outing for him there uh, on Thursday night football. and I think that puts him low on. I mentioned the matchup how I like it for Ty Hilton against the Titans. I also like Mariota against the Indianapolis Colts, and this game I think is the game this week to target if you're doing you know trying to have players on both sides, uh, you know, targeting to have a real bonanza and uh, have. Two lineups uh, spark up the score for you. So I, I'm really in on Mariota this week. I think he will be my quarterback as we move here into that money Maker Slate and DFS. So I, I think I would be paying down this week for somebody like my- Marcus Mariota. He also mentioned Mitch Trubisky. No, thank you. I'm going to be staying away from that one this week. (laughs) Uh, You know, the the Eagles are a much better defense as well than people are giving them credit for. They aren't, you know, a top, top defense, but they're certainly good enough to get the job done. And what we often see is when you have an offense who can put up that, you know, maybe get a two touchdown lead and then the quarterback has to drop back and pass, you know, over and over and over again. We see chances for sacks, chances for fumbles, interceptions as you have to keep passing from behind. So I think this uh, game script this week does not fall into the favor of uh, Mr. Mitchell Trubisky.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Now, I will say, at least for positive indicators, you know, the narrative, of course, still is John Fox doesn't let him throw the ball. Uh, I will say that Trubisky does have three games in a row now where he has uh, put up uh, above 30 pass attempts here. Yep. So it, there is some consistency there. Uh, he hasn't gone under 14. It's definitely – it's funny. Some some people just like to say the cop-out. And Well, if you want to throw him in a tournament, why not? Well, yep. I mean, you don't because there's no upside with Trubisky there. Yep. And what you're looking for
2: There's a lot of factors that just, I think, this week go really against him. I think he's going to be an interesting play, though, as weeks go on. You mentioned uh, the uptick in passing. I think there was a stage where true, I think I had done a stat on one of the shows, 12 uh, quarters. He had, I think it was 11 or 12 completions uh, since he came into the team. So obviously, that's picked up a huge amount, uh, and the passing attempts are there for him. So let's see how he does this week. I think uh, maybe next week might be the time to, to jump aboard there.
1: Very good. All right, Colm, what so far has been your biggest 2017 tilt? (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, every week uh, with uh, too many been been in too many leagues too many dynasty leagues and you know there, but uh, thankfully it's been uh, going pretty well the, the one is my my home league tends to be a, a tough league because you know I, I do the podcast i have the website i, I talk about fantasy football and then I, I play against guys who are just my friends and uh, it turns out like there's one guy in the league and he's absolutely crushing it he's nine and one but i started off zero and four in that league i'm making a bit of a surge back up but uh, i was on a three game one streak looked like i was really getting in there i think it was around week eight and my biggest tilt in general in fantasy football tends to be when you score the second highest points in a league and then <laughs> you lose to the person who scores the most points in the league so that there for me is uh, one that it really, really uh, is a hard one to get over. I, I have no problem with scoring the second highest points or second lowest points in the league and playing the team that comes lowest. But when you when it's in reverse and you have a, a really good score, uh, it just really sucks.
1: Yeah, it, there really is nothing worse than having that situation play out. And that's why I'm a huge advocate for doing something like all play these days, right? Where, or, or at least splitting it half and half. Or yes, you still get the head to head. Yes, it still counts, but then at least, you know, play everyone yeah. in the league as well. Uh, it, a lot of people are against it because you take, a, it takes away some of that competitive factor. I, I get that. Um, but, but yeah, I'm in a couple dynasty leagues where we did switch to all play and, you know, the, the, the better team. Is always going to rise to the top, at least in terms of points scored. There, so yeah. um, I, th- I
2: think I think I think that's a very fair way to look at it. Because in some leagues, you'll also see, you know, that you have that false narrative at this point in time. Maybe some team is cruising through; they're up in the second or third place in the Stantons And you look at it, you look at their points scored, and they've pretty much had the the lowest points scored against them, and they're <laughs> struggling at about. You know, that happens sometimes. You get lucky, you win those games. But so I often say, when you're in that, if that's your team, you need to be clicking to to try and trade away some of your guys because you're not winning the championship when it gets to the playoffs weeks they're the teams that you want to be playing if you're trying to make that run to try and get in and play those guys because they're just going to fall flat in their face when it comes to playoff time
1: that is some sound advice indeed and uh you you alluded to dynasty there the another next question dynasty what is the play with samaji p ryan in dynasty i'm not a contender but am i selling myself short by selling him
2: right now uh, no, you're definitely not selling yourself short. Uh, if you get an offer and it's any way you think is reasonable, I'd be hitting that accept button. I think if you look at what he done through the the start of the season, it just wasn't good. And last week was his best game of the season. Obviously now he has the full workload to himself. Chris Thompson out injured and uh, Rob Kelly out as well, so he's pretty much going to get the the whole amount of all the touches going. But I just don't think he's all that good. I haven't been impressed with what I've seen since he came into the NFL. Obviously he had some production in college, but i'm just trying to stay away and i'm somebody who once i see a running back that i have uh, maybe acquired that i don't think is uh, going to be there for the long term and i don't think there's huge potential in him i'll try and move him at his highest point and maybe he goes out uh, on thanksgiving here and he he crushes it but uh, at the same time maybe he goes out and uh, falls flat in his face so there's a a high point here in the value and i think uh, if i could i'd probably be moving him at this moment
1: very good. Next one is redraft. Why does John Fox deserve anything other than fish and chips for Thanksgiving? All of a sudden, Tariq Cohen is back in the mix, but can I trust him this week? The game script would say he's going to be needed this weekend versus the the Eagles here, but uh, what say you?
2: Uh, I see in the, the actual show notes you sent me over, you did say uh, fish and French fries. So I, I actually do know what French fries are as well, uh, Jeremy. So you could have left that one in there, but I'd like that you changed <laughs> it to chips just for me. I, but, you know, uh, I had
1: to make it relatable, you know. It's just what yeah. I do.
2: <laughs> but uh, with, with the, the fish and chips, uh, I don't even know if he deserves fish and chips. He is just uh, – I, I just don't think john fox is if you if you are looking to acquire uh, fantasy assets maybe something that we should put in the in future if john fox does get another job after the bears if john fox is the head coach trade everyone away and just do not have any of his players in your uh, fantasy <laughs> rosters moving forward because it just doesn't seem to work out obviously howard is getting a nice uh, bulk of the work here but we'll see uh, what happens there so you mentioned that uh, cohen and i kind of touched on howard howard is obviously the lead dog here he's getting pretty much all the carries there was enough workload to go last week and get Cohen in the mix. He had it a couple of quiet weeks prior to that. He had a very nice run for his touchdown, but, You know, it's a it's a tough one here uh, in this here matchup against, as I mentioned, Philadelphia. I I just don't think I'm plugging them in. But I also mentioned, uh, you know, contradicting myself here as I talk and as I think. And uh, you know, I mentioned the game script possibilities that we could see uh, this team go behind and uh, really be struggling. So if they are behind and they're trying to catch up, this is somewhere where Tyree Cohen could have a nice little bit of value in PPR. If we're not going to rest the season, I think we're still going to look, and uh, we're going to have Howard get the majority of the work as we move forward. But this week in particular could be a week where we. We do see uh terry cohen outscore uh, uh jordan howard
1: yeah i think this is a good week to go ahead and trust cohen i mean it, oh, geez i mean I, I can't say trust cohen because we can't trust john fox right and if yeah. there's anybody that's just going to be stupid enough to just decide to pull the plug on cohen this week it's going to be john fox and you mentioned you alluded to maybe him getting another coaching job can we just put the put the yeah. squash on that i mean get this guy out have, of the league, i And jeff right?
2: fisher just get them gone Get him, long, long gone. Alright, uh, if I could add, add one more, get Mike malarkey out of Tennessee as well. But that's a different story.
1: Mike, Mike malarkey Ben McAdoo, basically, <laughs> just, just you know, basically, we're looking at about a turnover about say sixty percent of the yep. of the coaching, <laughs> and I, I think we're going to be well off. Uh, yeah. uh, Colin, what's your favorite fantasy football memory?
2: Uh, most of my uh, favorite memories tend to because of doing shows and so on tend to revolve around that but in terms of just fantasy football in general anytime you have a win anytime you win a championship that's obviously going to be right up there with it so anytime i have a nice uh, little win and of course if you have uh, some money in those leagues and you get a little bit of a, a cash return that's always uh, my favorite memories it's it's hard to pinpoint any particular favorite memories uh, if we're going on this season i mentioned robert wood's uh i don't know if you're in it jeremy but uh, scott fish ran a, a league this year it was for the the houston uh, fund after the flooding and uh, it was five dollars to enter it was a one-timer league where you have to pick uh players you have to pick six players every week and it is a a, a, a super flex format and we're, when you're looking at it you play a player in week one you can't use them for the rest of the season so you just can use them one time over and i, I tend to just to, i mentioned robert woods i hit in him and uh it had a big, big matchup from him there a couple of weeks ago, and pretty much nobody owned him. I had the highest score in the league in that one, and it really catapulted me up into the, the top five of that one. So maybe in recent memory, that might be one of my, my favorite ones as I had a, a nice little stack going there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, quite frankly, Cash moves everything around us here, right? And uh, Robert Woods is always <laughs> exactly. at the
2: forefront there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, 100%. All right, uh, redraft here. The next one, uh, interesting. PPR start two out of Alshon Jeffery. Uh, revenge narrative this weekend. Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, or Joe Mixon?
2: Yeah, the revenge narrative is always uh, something that <laughs> comes up pretty much every week. Uh, we had uh, that game with, uh, I think, was it last week? We had uh, the two quarterbacks uh, for... For, uh, Josh McCowan and uh, Jay Cutler going back against each other in uh, a revenge game so we see these sort of things popping up from time to time but uh, I don't put uh, too much uh, stock into the revenge situation but Alshon Jeffrey is somebody I put a lot of stock in ever since he was with the Chicago Bears and all his way through now as he's with the Eagles and he had a, a nice game last week and uh, he's been just getting a little bit of a rapport going I, I looked at the early season stuff with him and uh Carson Wentz and uh, when we look at it, uh, it there was just a couple of passes by them maybe a yard missing, maybe two yards off at the passes and it was just a case if they started to click that things would start to work and they've started to click over the last couple of weeks and uh, he's obviously my pick first out of these names. The other one, Joe Mixon bye-bye, he's not involved in this conversation anymore. We're looking at Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker. Uh, You know, Parker is somebody who's getting those targets, he's getting the air yards, he's getting the opportunity, and uh, he's just not really getting it to go all together. He reminds me of that kind of early season, as I mentioned there with Alshon Jeffrey, and with the change of quarterback, it's hard to know Hmm. what to do. Jarvis Landry is the player who's getting the production. Uh, The opportunities are going to Parker, and Parker's the player if those opportunities turned into production is going to be the better player to own. But if we look at at the moment, with Jarvis Landry he's pretty much getting you know eight to ten targets every game no matter what that's just a going rate for Jarvis Landry he's probably going to get eight catches a game and he's probably going to get close to a touchdown his problem is there doesn't be huge yardage totals of maybe 80 yards but he, you have that floor with Landry he's always going to hit it but if you're looking for a, a high upside seed in this week and this is where coming into where your team uh, you look at your opponent if your opponent's going to have a big week maybe if you're up against Antonio Brown this week you put in uh, Devontae Parker because he has that higher upside but if you're against somebody maybe with a lower floor and you think that you just need to win that's when you pick somebody like uh, Jarvis Landry just to have that comfortable floor so that that's just uh, the way I would look at it it's hard to split them last week in DFS I had shares of both of them and uh, obviously Landry turned out to be by by far the better one there so it's uh, it's an interesting one I think uh, Parker has uh, all the ability in the world but just isn't getting it all together on the field at the moment so I'll Alshon Jeffrey and Landry probably for me as the safer bets there.
1: Yeah, sound advice there as well. And it, it's, it's all Alshon and Landry here, uh, as well. And it's not all Alshon because of the revenge narrative. It's Alshon because he's a good play, folks. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd hope most of the listeners out there don't get involved in a lot of this revenge narrative stuff. Um, but yeah, whether or not you're using Alshon this week, he's an interesting candidate to take a look at here. Um, because he, he's not necessarily going to be on the top of, of rankings and projections, right? But you know, you, you know, he's going to get the target volume. You know He's been converting on the air yards here as of late, and he's the type of player that if you head over to my new favorite uh, app called Draft, he's not going to be at the top of the screen, right? So you may have to scroll down a little bit to get to all sean's name. But if you're entering one of those week over week type of contests on Draft, you know that's a that's a type of differentiator, type of play that you can use where a lot of your other con- uh, con- competitors aren't going to necessarily be on that. So you can go ahead, scroll down, and click him to be a little bit contrarian and still have a good play on your hand. So here's basically how that app works. Uh, it's just like the old fantasy football drafts that you do with your, you know, your family, your friends, your co-workers. Uh, the greatest part about it though is you don't have to do any of the weekly management, the waiver wire, the transactions, uh, worrying about when players are injured, who you're going to you know figure out as a replacement. Uh, quite frankly, Colm, that is my least favorite thing to do in fantasy football these days. <laughs> Waking up on a Tuesday morning going, damn yeah. it, now I gotta worry about all these different waiver wires. That's quite frankly why I went from 30 leagues so twenty-one leagues down to seventeen leagues. I think I'm only in about five or five
2: to seven total leagues now, Colm. Well, that's that's good. Yeah. I, I'm I, I'm in seven dynasty leagues at the minute, and definitely after this season, I've actually sent a few messages out that I think I'm going to try and get it down to five because it's just too it's so much work, especially when you're doing shows like this.
1: It, exactly, it's it's too much work, and then you're 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 better off taking a lot of that work and moving it over to a site like Draft because that's where you can literally just do a draft. Everybody likes to draft, right? That's what we're all about with the yeah. best ball leagues, the Draft Master leagues. So fire that up over at Draft, do your draft. It takes only thirty to sixty seconds. To get through one of these. Well, they may be like three to five minutes, right? <laughs> uh, but you can do it for a dollar. You can do it for $200. You can do it for $1,000, whether it's head to head or the bigger tournaments. Head on over there. You can do the website version at playdraft.com. Uh, use our promo code RV Radio, and that's going to get you a free entry into draft when you make your first deposit. Again, that's RV Radio to get you some real money. And that's straight cash, homie. RV Radio. So go ahead and check that out. All right, Coma, DFS, both Travis Kelsey and uh, Gronk. Seem to be in great spots again this weekend. Can I pay up for both of them? Uh, do I need the savings here with someone like uh, Jack Doyle and Jared
2: Cook? Uh, when you look at this week, and we're looking through, obviously, um, Kelsey last week had a nice game against the Giants, even though he did throw an interception. Gronk was uh, obviously not as effective as we thought he was going to be. We thought that was a, a smash spot against the Oakland Raiders last week. I had him in a lot of lineups. Just didn't work out as we thought. Obviously, Cooks blew up in that game. So when you're looking at, I mentioned earlier, the, the game obviously with the Titans uh, and the Coles, that is a game I'm really targeting this week. And uh, I think Jack Dodd's a very interesting play in that one. He has been heavily targeted. He's had a few down weeks in there. But again, with the state of the tight end position this year, it's just you know you you look at the names and especially with the split slate this week where you're missing three more games you just look at some of the names and the the rankings for tight end and it just doesn't fill you with confidence so uh, and quite a few nice tight end plays this week are playing on Thursday so obviously uh, Jack Dowd's an interesting one Jared Cook really did uh, do me some so much harm last week Uh, and the player player of the week up on uh, rotoviz.com last week he was my tight end selection and obviously that did not work out so Cook uh, did not uh, fire on all cylinders so he's out of my my luck this week and another key thing is don't ever uh say a player was bad last week and just say because he was bad last week i'm not going to play him this week because if you look at the last couple of weeks in dfs we've seen howard had a down game we've seen LaShawn mccoy had a down game two weeks ago had massive games this week we see it so much where maybe a player is a bad week and everyone's off me as a low ownership in dfs and then he smashes it the next week so don't just let that there cloud your judgment i know i did say it but it was tongue-in-cheek i just don't like the, the situation I'm, I'm really concerned about the oakland raiders offense at this moment in time so we're looking at a kelsey big game last week's gonna be very heavily owned again I think with Gronk and how his game went last week and he was heavily owned I think people will fall into that narrative that I mentioned and maybe stay away from him a little bit this week he has a nice game coming up against the Miami Dolphins it's not too often that uh, Gronk doesn't have a a touchdown in a big game you know and back-to-back weeks and I I just think looking at how it's going to go this week I think it's a a nice nice matchup for him so I'm quite happy this week to uh, pay up for pay up for Rob Gronkowski and I think in a couple of different lineups that's the way I'm going to go
1: yeah, that that's definitely the where I wanna go as well. I, I... Candidly haven't been able to find the salary cap for it right now. I've been, I've been landed on Jack Doyle just for the comparable target volume at the, at the yeah. arbitrage play. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to be, make, make sure I'm exposed to both Kelsey and Gronk, uh, from a, from a perspective here. Um, but as of now, in, until I can figure out any, any other arbitrage play so far, I've been, uh, saving down at tight end for right or wrong here. All right, Colm. So I feel like this next one, you're going to be able to provide an unbiased opinion on. So of course we've got you, you know, the, the ever so classic buck merry kill it's the thanksgiving edition though so i think you know if if anybody can not be biased on this and actually give us the correct answer it's going to be you so of course we're looking at turkey or stuffing or mashed potatoes mashed potatoes and cranberries we'll just throw that third option for all the garnishes
2: yeah. Uh You mentioned, uh, you know, I've been really diving into, you know, you sent over the show notes, looked through it. This was the question I picked out and went into a deep dive in the, the analytical side of it. So I have a lot <laughs> of data down here in front of me. But when we look at it, you mentioned mashed potatoes and cranberries. And I'm not a cranberry guy. I love mashed potatoes. But for that reason, I'm just going to have to, uh, I'm going to fuck that because... uh I don't know, the texture of it and everything like that, uh, getting into too much detail. But when we look at uh, turkey, I'm going to marry the turkey because you can pretty much eat turkey every day. You know, you can make a sandwich. You can have pretty much anything, nice little salad. You can have uh, anything with turkey. So turkey is one to keep for life. It is a keeper, and uh, I'll marry it. And then I'm going to have to kill stuff, and I do like stuff and really enjoy it. But uh, when you're looking at it, You know, you can't have a stuffing sandwich. (laughs) There's very little you can. You need to have stuffing with turkey. There's no problem, or there's no point in just having stuffing on and so on. So, unfortunately for the stuffing lovers out there, it's time to say bye bye.
1: Oh man, see, and I'm a stuffing lover too. Like, is there a way that we can turn in the stuffing into like bread? So basically you just, you know, you, you <laughs> make, you make like a sandwich. slice of stuffing. Yeah, a stuffing sandwich, right? Like if we can make a stuffing sandwich, throw some mashed potato in the middle and, and I'm with you. Just get, get rid of the cranberries. It's just nasty. Text. See, you mentioned texture, Colm, which is, yeah. oh man, near and dear to me. Like that's one of the reasons why unfortunately I can't even eat fish. I'd love to. It's just the texture. Mushrooms, get it out of here. Cranberries.
2: I love mushrooms. I love fish, but cranberries. I have a problem. I, I have this weird problem where if a sauce or an accompaniment is cold, and I'm eating hot food, I don't like that. Uh, you know that mixture together. So I think that's why I I put the cranberries out there. It's <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. But uh, if there's anyone listening to the show that comes up with a you know some sort of a, a trademark for uh, stuffing uh, bread made of stuffing, uh, you can just forward me and uh, Jeremy the uh, you know the kind of cash benefits that come your way from that.
1: Yeah I, I feel like the what's that dude on that uh, was that the TLC the the, the man versus food somebody oh, yeah. <laughs> somebody out there had to have made a stuffing tur- stuffy sa- stuffing sandwich or something what's like that happened uh, I'm going to look guess. it up after this show. We'll, we'll get back to everyone here. I know it's critical. oh <laughs> um, uh, You know what? Uh, that is the last question. So I'm going to move on from there. Redraft. Here we go. Start two between Duke Johnson, Orleans Darkwa, and Dion Lewis. I, I think we mentioned on on the on the show a couple weeks ago, Orleans Darkwa is by far and away the best name ever, made.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's something like, uh, you know, you could have a professional wrestler called Orleans Ar- Starkwa, You could have a Star Wars character called Orleans Starkwa. It's just there, you know. Anything with Ar- Arlenes is pretty cool, but uh, I'm actually uh, expecting a child here in the next couple of months. I, I better go in after this and ask my uh, wife, what about the name Arlenes, uh, Arlenes Kelly? I don't know if it's going to work out, but when uh, we're looking back to the question <laughs> on, re- on, on redraft. Uh, uh, Duke Johnson obviously uh, has a bit of a, an, a lingering injury concern this week, but if he does play, I, I'll be slotting him and I really I, I'm a big zero RB guy I like most of the guys at Rotterdam and uh, Duke Johnson is on a hell of a lot of my team so he's going to go in and that's mainly because I, I have my trust in him and I like him and uh, I think he's going to have that PPR upside Arlene Starko has had a nice couple of weeks here but he's been in games where the Giants have kept it close they beat the Chiefs they lost to the 49ers give him the opportunity to, to get those carries get that workload get the goal line touches and that worked out for them but this week I don't think that scenario is going to play out for them I think it's going to be a tough matchup for the Giants and I think he won't get that game script as it goes forward I think if I was looking for a Giants player to uh, be owning this week if you're looking at DFS for uh, a cheaper option maybe uh, somebody like Wayne Gallman could be a possibility or even Shane Vereen so we're looking through That rules him out, so I had to pick two. So Dion Lewis is the one I'm picking. Him and Rex Burkhead are getting a nice workload between them for the uh, the Patriots. We've seen over the last couple of weeks that Mike Gillisley has been a healthy scratch. So Dion Lewis is in a, a nice uh, place where he's getting those rushing uh, into the five-yard line. The Patriots do get inside the five-yard line on a lot of occasions. So Dion Lewis uh, would be my top option here. Then Duke Johnson or uh, Arlene Stark would be missing out.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there 100 percent as well. I, I think now that I think about it, Orlean's Darko, right? I, I'm picturing a cartoon animated duck, and he's <laughs> he's he's a super duck. He's got a cape. He's got like a purple type of face mask on across his eyes. Only the eyes, not not the not the beak, right? Because that'd be kind of difficult. But uh, that, that's what I picture when I when I picture Orlean's Darko. Um, Is it
2: any relation to uh, Daffy Duck? No.
1: I think so. Like at some point, subliminally, I saw Daffy Duck as a superhero somehow, jazzing it up down in New Orleans, and that's what created Orleans Darkwa. I don't know.
2: Maybe, maybe Doffy Duck's his father. We'll see. We'll check it. <laughs> or Travis Henry, either or. <laughs> 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 Woo, redraft. It seems like
1: Devontae Adams has been Brett Hundley's favorite target and keeps producing, uh, but he's not being used in the red zone. Can I keep going to him, specifically this week in Pittsburgh? He's my wide receiver three. Do I start him over this? Uh, can I start him over Juju on the other side?
2: Uh, Albus is a Packers fan uh, paying close attention to the situation minus Aaron Rodgers and it's just not a situation you can trust I think if you have the matchup like uh, we've seen last week and Devontae Adams is getting the targets he's getting the work and he he is Huntley's favourite target at the moment so I have to say that for that reason you could uh, use him in most weeks but this week against Pittsburgh I touched on it earlier in the show Pittsburgh's defense is a lot a lot better than people are giving them credit for it's just it, it, maybe I'm missing it but and a lot of the coverage I'm following I just haven't heard them getting uh, the recognition I think they deserve so he is a, a wide receiver three or flex option this week but when you mentioned starting him over Juju I have to go with the Juju side the Packers defense is just banged up beyond belief Clay Matthews is now injured they just there's anybody you know if we if we uh, went to Green Bay we walked up we side the stadium they may let us play cornerback this week because it's just uh, such a mess uh, in that secondary at the moment so I have to say I- I'm on the Gigi side in this one but uh, Adams moving forward uh, I'm I'm happy to start him uh, with Huntley and there outside of him I-, I wouldn't be starting anybody and I made a bold prediction before the season that this was the season that Adams would uh, overtake Nelson and of course there's injuries involved in that but I felt crazy at the time, actually making a bold prediction like that, but it has come true to this point.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Devontae Adams has has been great. I think I might still be on the Adams side on this one this week, but I think you're right in that you should be on the better better side of the football field with Pittsburgh and Juju. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, that's technically the the better play to make there. All right, Colm, what's been your most embarrassing moment? You're willing to share.
2: When uh, when you send over this question, I kind of was trying to think what I would share. And obviously, uh, I wanted to be a little bit funny, not to just be uh, disgusting or something like that. So uh, I went to America a couple of years ago with my uh, then girlfriend. And, uh, you know, we had talked about uh, the possibility of getting married. We were going out for a long, long time. And uh, so I proposed, she said yes, and uh, everything was good, but I hadn't got the ring because she wanted to to be able to pick it out. She had her kind of ideas on it more than I, <laughs> she's a woman, she has a better idea on how to, what ring to, to pick out. So go, go down to the mall, as you would call it, over there, and we picked out, uh, going around the shops, and oh man, it felt like I was going around the shops for about four days, but we found one, and uh, there was a sale on, it was perfect, and it turned out, you know, it had to be bought that day for the sale price to uh, be, you know, applicable, so oh, of course. I say, yeah, we'll take that, I'm paying for it on my card, handing the card, looking so good, everyone's like, congratulations fantastic news so we uh, go up and we uh, go to pay and next thing my cards declined I say oh sorry I don't know what happened please do it again she she tried it three times was declined every time and obviously she probably thinks oh this guy's a, an absolute bomb, he has no money so <laughs> uh, I, I go out and I try and ring home but what the time difference it was in San Diego the time difference is eight hours to here in Ireland trying to ring up to, to talk I would forgotten to tell my insurance company or my credit card company that I was uh, you know going on holidays to America so they thought it was a, a fraud or a credit card scam so I uh, <laughs> Uh, turns out then it says uh please ring back inside the hours of whatever in this computer automated voice and i'm just furious it's i might say trying to ring it's like you know 100 degrees in uh, san diego beautiful day and i'm just like oh this is so bad go inside that's not where the embarrassment ends because of the sale price having to be that day my wife uh, actually had to pay for the <laughs> pay for the ring by <laughs> herself on her card and then when we up back home i had to pay her back the money so it was something even on our wedding day that she had to have a day got me that uh, she in fact bought her own engagement ring so uh, pretty embarrassing that one but uh it's, it's a good story to tell now
1: i mean that's that's clearly a keeper though i mean you, yeah, you I, did good you did good colin <laughs>
2: it'd have been bad if she uh, it'd have been bad if she had uh, just been like nope that's it it's over and just left me and uh, left me in san diego all Let the you... weather was nice so uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> it could have been worse right <laughs>
2: yeah 100 percent
1: All right, redraft. If Jimmy G is named the starter, what does that mean to Carlos Hyde and Marcus Goodwin for that offense? Doesn't seem like a great spot versus Seattle, but Hyde has been so consistent.
2: Yeah, and obviously I mentioned earlier in the show uh, doing the beat report this week, previewing this game and uh, I think the key for this is for uh, to try and get Hyde as much work as possible uh, in this game and he has been consistent as you mentioned, but he just it just seems like this team doesn't uh, have the, the faith in him, you know, we heard John Lynch in the off-season, we've heard Kyle Shanahan in the off-season it looked like they were trying to trade him, but when he's got the opportunity, has looked very, very good I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo will start this week, uh, I think Beathard done enough uh, in the last game against the Giants to get that opportunity but uh, as we look at it moving forward forward I think with uh, Marcus Goodwin you know you just have to wait and see at the wide receiver position what happens I think though with him he is one of those players that if you're having a dart throw and you're trying to to really just uh, get a big play he is kind of one of those guys a one play wonder where he gets that deep ball and he's gone it's a touchdown and uh, he just you know gets you maybe 16 points off one or two plays so that's the way you have to look at uh, Goodwin going forward and then when you have Carlos Hyde I think if he gets the workload he gets the points on the board so he is somebody rest of season I think they're going to try and work in and I have been surprised as the season went on because of his contract situation he's out of contract this offseason and it doesn't look like they're going to try and sign him you would think at this point they would be really trying to run him into the ground and get the value out of him but we'll see Uh, I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo obviously they want him there long term and maybe they won't rush it Uh, as much as maybe some people would like to see him getting on the field, So Hyde is the one that uh, I would want to on in in San Francisco. And with the wide receiver position so banged up, I would just be uh, passing until I, I see it for one or two weeks.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there 100%. I'm, I'm still willing to bet on Carlos Hyde here. I think he's still going to remain consistent. He's still going to be involved in the passing attack. And I'm also betting on them not rushing Jimmy G out there. I know there's been talk about them, you know, basically wanting to see their investment in action. Well, I mean, they're they're kind of already pot committed, right, Colm? Yeah, so yeah 100%. They, yeah, they're already committed. So th- there's no need to rush him out there. There's no need for him to potentially be better than Beathard is at this time and just take him down in the draft stock there. Uh, I mean, you know, basically lessen their their draft pick right there. So that doesn't really make much sense to me either. But you also mentioned this necessarily being a, a worse matchup than you would expect for, for Seattle here and covering that game. So I think this is also from a betting perspective, uh, one of those games where you might want to be a little bit contrarian and get some action on here. And it's not necessarily what team you're betting on, but it's where you're betting it. And that's where you want to head over to our, our, our sponsor here over at MyBookie. They've been in business for years. The rep is rock solid. And they do. Uh, 50% cash bonuses right now on your first deposit which is pretty much unheard of anywhere in the industry right now and they really have fast uh, two day uh, 2 business day payout so it's it's really good check them out there Um, I wouldn't be recommending them if I didn't think they were pretty awesome. Uh, Colm wouldn't on his show if you've heard heard his show basically we're all about my bookie here and uh, you win they pay it's kind of an important consideration if we're being (laughs) honest here. Um, So right now if you again join my bookie we're going to give you a 50% well we're not but my bookie's going to give you a 50 percent bonus <laughs> off your deposit use our promo code roto mailbag Act bag roto mailbag activate that offer visit mybookie.ag today you play you win you get paid colm are you are you uh going to the to the betting uh world this this uh this week with the seattle san francisco game or is there a different game that you have in mind here
2: Uh there's a couple of games it's still very early i'm at this point really digging into the dfs stuff because obviously that's you know mm-hmm. the weekly thing is what my the podcast is. you kind of do that crush where you're trying to get all the stuff out for the podcast and then you can you can dig into the betting but that game is quite interesting to me as you mentioned the 49ers game at the 49ers are seven point underdogs i've mentioned i think it's gonna be a tougher game than people are expecting for seattle and when you look at it as well seattle have over the last couple of years struggled on the road and you know look at their last two games they've lost their last two home games somewhere where you know it was pretty much impossible to win a couple of years ago so i'm in a, a kind of comment on the the podcast uh, when i was recording it it hasn't come out yet but i said the legion of boom is now the legion of backups and there's just so many injuries in there <laughs> in seattle so maybe maybe we see uh you know you mentioned goodwin maybe we see you know goodwin and uh bethard this week put up some points if you're really 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 getting to the bottom of that uh you know the dfs uh salaries this week maybe we take a wee shot in there but uh, my bookie uh, i definitely vouch for that as well
1: yeah, 100%. And you, you kind of alluded to, to DFS research as well. And one of the things I always try to, try to preach is that you can't be exposed to everybody. You've got to take a stand somewhere, right? Um, but what you can do is take that stand from a DFS perspective and then hedge your bet, uh, in the betting world. So anybody Definitely, that you're yep. not, yeah, if you're not exposed, go ahead, take a look at the player props and go hit those games over at my bookie. Again, that's Roto mailbag as our promo code. All right, here, uh, we're gonna move forward with the Turkey Day Gobbler here. So, of course, this is, this is where we'll answer a few questions about the Turkey Day slate here for redraft and DFS. Uh, here we go here, Colm. DFS, what is the GPB quarterback play to use? It seems like everyone was talking about Kirk Cousins as a low-owned GPP play. Um, but everyone's talking about him, thus not very low-owned. Is there another crazy, stupid, uh, player I should be using at any other position to throw a dart on as well?
2: Well, uh, when you look at it uh, this week, I think Kurt Cousins probably will be the chalk play in DFS uh, on Hmm. the Thursday night lineup, and I was looking up uh, as to who I was going to put up. I'm quite, quite interested in that Lions game uh, against the uh, Minnesota Vikings, and uh, I'm very, very interested in putting Case Keenum in there once more. I think the lineup I was able to put together, I paid down at running back, and I was able to put... uh, put in Keenum, put in Diggs, put in Thielen, and then I was playing it back with uh, Theo Riddick and playing it back as well with uh, Golden Tate. So I think them opportunities are all there as well. And the Chargers defense, again, even after last week, are pretty pretty cost-effective this week. And uh, I think against that uh, O-line, uh, we've seen Dak Prescott get into a lot of pressures over the last couple of weeks and Joey Bosa has just been absolutely insane over the last pretty much since he came into the league but uh, so I'm paying down and I'm going to get myself uh, some of that Case Keenum loving uh, this week and uh, Kurt Cousins I think will be heavily owned I think as well you'll see uh, with Philip Rivers I think he's gonna be heavily owned after uh, the number of points they obviously put up last week and they are playing that Cowboys defense but I would rather just go on the Keenan Allen side there and then obviously as I mentioned go with the cheaper quarterback and stock up then at the wide receiver positions because it's a short slit and you want to get the maximum of those points I don't think you know maybe Kirk Cousins does get to, to 30 points this week maybe Case Keenum gets to, to 20 or 22 points and I think with the salary difference I think it's a uh, 17 or 1800 of a difference you can have a nice little uh, upgrade at another position
1: yeah, this is why I'm kind of, I'm teetering whether or not I'm going to be doing cash games. I know cash games, three game slate, it's stupid, right? But, you know, I, 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 don't know, but this is where, you know, I think recency bias at its finest is, is just, you know, Kirk Cousins needs to be your lock. And I get yeah. it as a three game slate, right? But that 30 points, it, you know, that's what we've seen the last couple of weeks. He's had the matchup. Obviously, granted, he has the matchup now, but I mean, it, jeez. If Marcus Lattimore doesn't go down, that game doesn't end the way it ends, quite frankly. Yeah. It's just that simple, right? And we know there's a very small delta between the top and, and the worst quarterback from an overall fantasy football perspective, specifically on on you know DK scoring, right? So, yeah. I, you know, going down to Rivers and Stafford, and you mentioned, uh, you know, the, um, Case Keenum. I'm sorry, as well. I I, I this is where I'm struggling because I, I don't think it's a necessity to go up to Kirk Cousins here. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, but yeah, I know one of the, uh, another crazy stupid person and anybody to throw a dart on. You know, this is going to be interesting, right? Because of course we've got some, uh, you know, Austin Eckler taking some loads. Oh, yeah. from- Melvin oh, Gordon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you've got that. I mean, I, I'm wondering how many people are going to be just taking a flyer on someone like Byron Marshall because now he's, quote-unquote, the third down back in, in Washington. Um, but, you know, I, I think if you need one of those 1-100 in type of plays, right, like, I don't know, maybe somebody off the board completely. Uh, you know, I, I'd take a look at somebody like Kenny Galladay who's been wrapping up his snaps again. Yep, and then
2: yep. um, maybe someone like Shane Vereen, right? It's, it's an ugly play on paper, right? But play. He, I, I think they're going to be playing, playing for from behind like i mentioned when we talked about darkwa yeah like, uh, that there or even uh, i mentioned Gallman as well it's hard to know which one gets to work but i think one of them could have a, a nice day
1: 100 percent, one one of them can you, easily you get also
2: the you also mentioned Eckler, and uh, there's an article just up on rotavis.com for bold predictions uh, for thanksgiving and uh, i'm involved in it and my prediction here is that austin Eckler will be the top scoring running back uh, on thursday so if you're paying down have a little chance there and see and if it does uh, work out uh, you can always come and uh, thank me for that <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Boom, there it is. And if Melvin Gordon is gonna be the chalk, there there's your absolute leverage play right there. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Colmont, what's the worst job you ever had?
2: um i've had a i've had a couple of bad ones but uh, all of them have been down to uh my boss being a, an absolute jerk so uh one of them <laughs> i worked in a leisure center and uh just didn't uh see i die eye eye with the boss I, I stayed in it for 18 months so the start of it wasn't too bad but once things start to go sour it's very tough on a daily basis to go in and just look at that uh, guy in the face and have to deal with it over and over again so that was probably the worst uh, job i had as a, as a gym manager and the. Uh, it wasn't, I enjoyed the work, but just the day-to-day of uh, bouncing out with the boss. And when you talk about uh, gyms or leisure centers, you often hear about changing rooms. And some people are just animals when it comes to, to locker room etiquette. And uh, I don't know, I don't, I wouldn't like to see these people's uh, own personal uh, bathroom areas as uh, <laughs> as as the state. Sometimes uh, you'd have to go in and clean up the premises, uh, not not something that I miss doing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, eighty percent of the time, it's like a fake stat I just came up with. But, but majority of the time, <laughs> it's not the job that you actually hate; it's your boss, right? That's why people leave. One
2: hundred percent, one hundred percent. I've uh, lots of jobs where uh, the job was uh, very good, but the boss was a dick, and it was uh, you know you didn't like it. And then there's jobs that are pretty, pretty crappy jobs, but your boss is uh, pretty, pretty nice, and uh, that there makes that job more bearable. I think it's the bear. How how bearable is your job?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can you can get by with a bearable job as long as you've got you you know you like the people around you yes. treat it with respect all, all that good and fun stuff yep. all right uh redraft ppr start two between jameson crowder marvin jones alfred morris and vernon davis
2: i think when you're looking at this one we're looking at uh, vernon davis the giants stopped their run last week with travis kelsey not giving up that touchdown i think it was was it 11 games in a row with a touchdown to a tight end they had uh, moved in and i think we're looking at we talked about court cousins we think there's going to be a big possibility of a big game from him and it looks like uh We're going to see this week again, Jordan Reed miss out. So uh, Vernon Davis is the one here that I think you have to start. And I think there's a possibility, you know, we're looking at the high leverage plays uh, in terms of, um, Uh, DFS I think uh, Vernon Davis is a a nice option there if you're uh, looking at the tight end position on Thursday night Marvin Jones is interesting but uh, it's a tough matchup for them Alfred Morris I think they are going to be playing from behind and you don't see Alfred Morris catching the ball an awful lot so I think that uh, Rod Smith could be an interesting option there so uh, Alfred Morris will be ruled out so it's kind of I feel like I'm going uh, and it's probably the chalk play and you're looking even though this is for redraft you're probably looking at uh, getting Crowder in there getting Davis in there because obviously we mentioned earlier Chris Thompson's injury as well roots him out so So there is just going to be a funnel of targets uh, to go around. You know, Cousins is probably going to pass the ball probably 32 to 35 times in this game. And I think with that, those guys should probably see in the region eight to 10 targets each.
1: Very good. All right, Cole, movie within a movie time. Take movie one's cast of characters, pick them up, move them into a completely different movie plot. What's the new movie and how does it play out?
2: This is a question I've listened to on multiple times on this show, and I always think, uh, what would I answer? And then I had to answer it today. So I was trying to think it over. I had a few options. I couldn't really decide. And then I thought of uh, what if we put the the cast of Anchorman into uh, the Dark Knight uh, of the Batman trilogy with uh, Christopher Nolan. We have... uh, we have um, Will Ferrell playing Batman, uh, but obviously uh, more in his uh, in his newsroom <laughs> character. And we can have uh, I can't—is it uh, Veronica Corningstone? We can have her as a as a Catwoman, and uh, we can or Bat Batgirl rather, not Catwoman. Changing my films up here, but uh, <laughs> and uh, we 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 can shake it all around. I couldn't figure out. I thought about having the Joker as a brick. I couldn't figure it out, and then I, I was trying to figure out maybe we could have we could have a spin-off and we could get Bane in there. But I just didn't know which way to go. But uh, I think it, it could be an, an interesting one. We could have maybe Alfred be uh, the kind of producer of the channel, the TV channel, and see where it goes from there. But I couldn't think of anything. But that's the way I went. We we <laughs> could film, no no that two was two t- Two films I like. I really enjoy both films. I don't think they should be mixed together somehow. But if it was, I probably would pay to go and watch it.
1: <laughs> Brick would make a phenomenal Joker. Like you could just see jo- <laughs> Brick just kind of flips the switch all of a sudden, and then you, you thought oh, the trident was bad, right? Yeah. Brick killed the guy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we could have that scene where the Joker's uh, walking away from the hospital blows the building up. We could, I could definitely see Brick going into that, but I don't think he would mean to blow it up. But he would just be like trying to switch on the TV or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, right. And and Veronica as the Catwoman there. I mean, I'm I'm on board with that one. I think we can make that one work. Yep. Yeah. All right, DFS. Uh I know uh I shouldn't oh wow, I just kind of alluded to this question as well. Uh basically the question is about playing uh, cash games this on this turkey slate for a three gamer here. Uh is there uh a way to pay up for Melvin Gordon and Cash Games and does he have to?
2: I think uh, I'll just uh, I answered the other one with uh, Austin Os so I <laughs> well I just changed my whole my whole opinion on what I'm gonna do this week. <laughs> yeah it's i yeah. don't know this is this is tough i mean because Let, let's go uh i i'm paying down i can't go i think garden's gonna be the chocolate i've listened to quite a few different uh, dfs shows over the last couple of days and they've all been talking about you have to pay up you have to have him in your lineup because he's gonna be so heavily owned if he has that big day you're gonna be uh screwed you're not gonna get into any position to win but i like to sometimes fade that opportunity and uh, go and pay down and uh, because if you're paying up for him you're going to miss out on some of the wide receivers and i mentioned earlier having guys like golden tate keaton allen uh Stefan diggs i like, got uh, the team ivan at the moment has uh golden tate as my flex with uh allen diggs and Thielen. and if you're paying up for that paying down for the running back if them guys go off you won't be worrying too much about melvin garden so uh, i think uh you know i'm sitting i'm sitting it out this week on melvin garden but uh he does have that uh touchdown upside but when you look at his you know he gets he gets a he's getting the production but he's also getting a huge amount of volume and it's a lot of it for me is volume based with Melvin Gordon I don't know if he's the most talented uh, running back you know I don't even know if he's a top 10 running back in the league but based in uh, fantasy football and opportunities he's definitely one of those
1: yeah, it, it, this is where I'm torn, right? Because I'm with you. It, basically, I think everybody's going to be starting their lineups with Kirk Cousins, Melvin Gordon, and working it from there. And and normally, I'm also the type of cash player where if I know a guy is going to be you know upwards of fifty percent owned or higher, you you go ahead and slot him in from a cash game perspective, and you differentiate elsewhere. To your earlier point, because if he blows up and you don't have him, then the, the, there you go, your day is done. But that's where I'm having trouble with the slate because I, I you know, what I see in Melvin Gordon right now for for his volume for his matchup I see Alfred Morris for you know two thousand dollars cheaper right in virtually the same spot here so this is going to be interesting to see uh how I end up building but uh yeah I, I think I'm going the arbitrage route as well all right Colm if you could go anywhere past present future where would you go
2: I'm I'm pretty lucky that I've uh, got to travel quite a bit. I mentioned San Diego earlier. I've you know got to go to Vegas this year. Was in uh, San Francisco. I've been to New York. Been pretty much uh, all over the states. uh, Disney World. I've been to Australia. Been to New Zealand. So I've you know tried Europe. Obviously, so I'm very lucky that way. So I guess uh, you know I've never been to Lambeau Field. So I guess uh, maybe as a Packers fan, I'll, I'll slot that in. I would really love to go there in the next couple of years. And I guess i guess when we're added, it uh, if we're picking somewhere uh, i think space would be a space would be a pretty good place to travel to
1: it sounds like you've been to more places in the states than i've actually been to in the states yeah I,
2: i've i've been to a lot of places we went on a you know a lot of our travels uh, for a couple of years with my with my wife we went to america saved up went to america saved up went to america and we gone to quite a few different places so um it's it's been a lot of fun uh, this last year i mentioned uh las vegas and uh, Las Vegas and San Francisco, then we done a road trip to the Grand Canyon. So some pretty sweet kind of I've, – I've joked a couple of times. I've done probably maybe five once-in-a-lifetime trips in the last five years. So it's been kind of good. And now, now uh, as I mentioned, uh, with the baby on the way, that's probably just going to be it for the next 20 years.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, well I, I'd be remiss not to say congrats on the baby on the way. That is a
2: beautiful <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, and I think uh, this is the first show that I haven't even mentioned it on my own show, so uh, breaking news.
1: (laughs) Oh, snap. See, I thought you mentioned it earlier. You just kind of nonchalantly threw it in there, right?
2: I I, I mentioned it earlier on the show, but I, I, uh, I haven't mentioned it on any other shows, so... Yeah, uh, you, you, you got the exclusive.
1: <laughs> boom, boom. See, now they, we're just going to take this episode and we're just going to lock this one up and save it, right? <laughs> because this is a historical episode. Now, I, I will say, though, when you make it to Lambeau Field in the next few, a few years, eh, you're probably going to have to wait at least three years now right? at this yeah, point. Yeah. Um, but when you do, hit me up because I will go there 100%. with you. It's going to yeah. be a Bears-Packers game. I'm going decked <laughs> out in my Jay Cutler jersey because I'm done by. (laughs) jerseys with players' names on them. I should just throw this thing in the frickin' fire by now. But uh, but I know you're a pretty big cat, too, so at least, you know, if I'm decked out in Bears paraphernalia, I've got some protection with me as well.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know, I've I pride myself on when I go to the U.S. I try and get in a game all the time from there during the season. This last year, uh, I went to the Rams versus uh, the the Tampa Bay Bucks down in Tampa. Uh, that was in September, part of the honeymoon trip. So I got down to that. So uh, uh, on that one, I, I always wear my Packers uh, jersey. Wore in San Diego, and uh, you get a lot of stick. They're always like, "Man, this is a this isn't a Packers game." Get <laughs> get back to Wisconsin, and then I'm like, uh, "I'm not from Wisconsin." They're like, "Oh, you don't even know what football is." <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, that's just the way it goes
1: yeah you can't win you can't win yeah. americans are just assholes basically <laughs> <laughs> right. redraft what the hell happened to hunter henry and is he a better play than either jason Wittner or eric ebron both are on the wire this week J- uh hunter henry has been pretty bad here but man his price has really gone down yeah. here uh i think it was actually neil dutton who kind of talked about hunter henry and comparing him to tyler croft of late here so what do you yeah. got
2: I think like Henry's at this point in time the most talented out of them. I have uh, quite a quite a few Eric Ebron shares in Dynasty, and I, I've spot started them this season. It's worked sometimes, hasn't worked other times. Jason Witten started the season so well, you know, people were saying, "You know, he's, he, this is just what Jason Witten does: ten targets a game." Moved on through the first couple of weeks, and it's just been pretty much zip since that so we'll see what happens this week uh, with jason Witten, but i I wouldn't be playing him uh, they will be playing from behind i think uh, very very early on in this one but Witten isn't somebody i can start with confidence hunter henry has just been a, a sad sad thing this year you can't figure it out we had such high hopes for hunter henry going in the interesting thing about him too is long term it's usually year three year four when we see the the tight ends break out and he broke out in year one so don't just get too concerned about him long term yet but this might sound bad but uh, you know i mentioned trying to play with uh, Tate, trying to play with uh, Riddick to get that there fight back, I think, as the, as the Lions try and fight back from behind against the, the Vikings on Thursday night. And I think Eric Ebron could be a part of that. So it's, it's not one I have any confidence in, but uh, let's go with Ebron.
1: Oh, wow. I'm with that you there as well. His, it's his,
2: a, it's a, <laughs> a, I mentioned earlier, this, earlier about the state of the tight end position. <laughs> I think that question oh, is gosh. really summing it up.
1: All you can do is throw up in your mouth hit the submit button and just close your eyes that's basically what we've got here with this question all right Cole. last but not least your week 12 nfl bold prediction
2: uh, well, uh, I guess it mightn't be too bold. I mentioned it earlier, that uh, Colts game versus the Titans. I think that's going to be the, the highest scoring game probably of the week. I think there's a lot of fantasy potential there. You have pretty much any player and those two teams, I'd be locking them in this week with uh, a great deal of confidence. And, you know, I think a lot of them, like Mario, is priced way down in DFS, so he's somebody that I'm going to end up having a, a high exposure to. I mentioned as well, for going for Thursday Night Football, I, did, I made a few bold predictions, and one was that Keenan Allen would break the receptions record for Thanksgiving, which I don't think is that bold of a prediction, based on some of the target shares that he gets, but that Austin Eckler being the the top scorer in one of the week. If that happens, and you've listened to this on maybe Friday, maybe Saturday – do, uh, do hit me up and, uh, say that it was a good call because I, I, yeah, I think I'm pretty insane. I think it was, it's an insane, it's not bold, it's, and it's probably not going to happen, but throw them into those DFS lineups and thank me later.
1: <laughs> yes, 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 100%. Well, and then I'm, I'm 100% with you as well because my shell, that's what, you know, my, my, the shell that I built thus far, it has yeah. Rivers, it has Eckler, it has Allen. And it's a hundred percent obviously at this point away from the chalk, which I normally am. So I, I guess I'm with you. We're, man, gobble, gobble. Here we go. Bottoms <laughs> up.
2: No Let's, cranberries uh, though. Get
1: get rid yeah, of the cranberries.
2: No, we don't want them. No cranberries. You can. We'll give the cranberries to the guys who come. Uh, you know, in the in the bottom half of these GPPs, and uh, we'll just take the cash.
1: Cranberries <laughs> for everyone else. We'll take <laughs> the cash, and that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a Roviviz podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. Now, if you have any questions you want answered on the RV Mailbag, again, you can submit them via email, RovivizRadio at gmail.com, or on Twitter at uh, Radio using the hashtag RV Mailbag. Call many thanks for carving out the time uh, wow no no pun intended there for this week's show <laughs> but uh, any last minute plugs here
2: uh obviously uh, check out uh, my twitter handle it's at overtime ireland uh, and obviously you'll find out all the stuff with all the podcasts i've got going on there i mentioned uh, before we started recording to jeremy that uh, this week five shows uh, on the cards for me uh, recording three uh, for myself two that i'm a guest on this one and uh, one of the highlight reel shows so a lot of good shows coming out check them all out uh, the best way to do that's at Overtime Ireland on twitter
1: boom there it is and please don't forget to rate and review the show on itunes and everyone out there make sure you're having a happy thanksgiving if you haven't listened to the yep. show yet if you have um again just uh good times of friends and family and if you're across the pond uh doesn't mean you can't be <laughs> w- thanks
2: yeah i'm gonna join in <laughs> don't worry about that
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right there it is i'm jeremy hart at fantasy gumshoe okay bye Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Mailbag, a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rhodoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotaviz.com/slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in.